most people will not follow the steps. They'll try to skip ahead and cut corners, but that does not make it successful. Welcome to All In with Rick Jordan. I'm your host, Rick Jordan. I've got an amazing guest today. I'm pretty pumped to talk to this dude. He's written, 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 written. Oh my God. A lot of books. Russell, what's shaking, brother? It's good to be here, man. Thanks for having me. Sweet, sweet. I see you got some books in the background there. That's pretty fun. I do. So these are some of the books that my publishing company has put out, Wannabe Press. So our little bee is the is our our mascot, Melissa the Wannabe. Our most popular book is our anthology series, Cthulhu Was Hard to Spell. And then both Ichabod Jones and Pixie Dust were uh, written and, uh, and uh, created by me. And then I've cool. also written 19 novels. So these are kind of our, our, all of our graphic books come out in hardcover. And then our novels go straight POD on Amazon and all the other platforms. Nice, man. I, um, you know, anybody who wants to be an author understands what POD means. But for people who don't, POD is print on demand. Yeah, it's it's pretty cool because most people don't think that they can be an author. Hell, I didn't even think I could be an author, you know. But I I I am one. I have a best-selling book that's great, you know. But I still don't consider myself a writer. I even see be, writers and authors being two different classifications of people, because you know, my book, dude, is nothing but stories. So you've written nineteen novels. I'm right. I'm curious, dude, because I know you love to talk about how to write a book. Some dude who's written nineteen novels. How the heck do you do that? Like, what's your process? What's your creator? How do you dive into that? Sure. So I think that it's different between nonfiction and fiction. So um, with fiction, it takes me about two years to develop a world. So I start with a character at, at, the, at the front end. So I am always thinking about sort of what the, what the next world is going to look like or how to improve the world that I, that I have. Um, but for someone who's just starting, my, my usual advice is write in a genre that you like but don't love. So oh, um, everyone wants to write their dream project first. And the important thing is uh, that for the, most people, they have this sort of aspirational idea to be J.K. Rowling or Stephen King or whoever yeah, like yeah. the biggest name, their favorite author. And so as they're writing a fiction book, they are uh, – a aspirationally trying to be like that person and they're never going to get there first because they stink. They, they're, like, they're like, they're not good at writing. Yeah. Just, yeah, I get you. Like, uh, and so I always say like, write something that is highly structured and, 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 and a, a genre that you like a lot, but if it's not perfect, you'll be okay with that. So for instance, I do, I tell, I started writing mystery novels. Mystery novels are books that I really like, but like, I love fantasy. So I sort of started with a highly structured book template uh, that like, you know, when you're writing mystery, there's always sort of the, uh, the, the discovery of the, of the crime and then the, the clues yeah, and then yeah. the, the accusation that's wrong. And then like the final reveal and all it's very formulaic and that kind of teaches you structure and from structure, you can build on character and dialogue and all of those other things that are that that are wonderful. And then there's there's a different process that I use with nonfiction. I have written a couple of fiction novel uh, nonfiction novels as well as uh, I have a blog that's that I've been doing blog posting and fiction nonfiction stuff since 2007. Wow, wow, dude, that's an interesting approach. You know, you make me think because my my background is in music. I do have a background in music, and I think of writing songs. You know, similar to what you're talking about there. You know, everyone's band that they love to hate is Nickelback, right? right. <laughs> Across the entire world. But dude, I read about how he wrote his songs, and the reason why these guys are one of the top selling rock and roll artists ever is because the dude followed formulas. He went back and took a look at all the number one hit songs. I read about his process over a 30-year period and looked at the structure of those songs and wrote all of his songs in those formulas. So it's a great starting point, man, for anybody aspiring to be an author. I mean, you could be the next Nickelback of authors, right? Everybody loves to hate you, but you're going to make a lot of money, at least, selling a lot of books, and they're probably going to be good books, too. I mean, they really do have a lot of talent, but I know the reason everybody hates Nickelback is because, you know, their manufacturer, whatever, is like, no, the dude is like an academic in music. He studied everything to figure out what works and what people like to listen to, and then he wrote songs to go with that. So that that's a cool approach, man, using a template to, to start a, a fiction novel. That's amazing. Well, I read, I, I listened to a Frank Gehry do a masterclass a couple of uh, months ago, and he talked about how 
in his world, Frank Gehry is the guy who, who do ar- architected the Guggenheim and the Disney yeah. concert hall. He does a lot of those like metal floopy things that like look really weird on the outside, um, but like beautifully like made inside and like just like uh, the, the detail is, is like, is like perfect wow. every time in one of his buildings. And he talked about how in his work, 90% of it is structure. Like he has to follow yeah, like yeah. building codes and city ordinances and gravity and acoustics. And there's all these, like there's all these things that he can't do, you know, certain things have different tensile strengths yeah. and certain things can't be used when he wants them to use it. But in that he's got something like 10 to 15% to be creative. And like, that's his creativity. That's and cool. he talks about how structure breeds creativity. It doesn't, it doesn't, oh, it doesn't, yeah. it doesn't put it away. And I, I like to think about a roller coaster. All right. So like if you're on a roller coaster and you have no idea whether you're going to, to like live or die by the end of it, you will not be able to enjoy that roller coaster and you'll not be able to enjoy the thrills. But when you know that like the, the thing's well constructed and like it passes all of its safety inspections, you're able to sit back and just enjoy the experience. And so I always think that no matter how crazy the book is that like you have to convince the, the, the reader that you know what you're doing, that you are going to provide them an experience that you, that you know, that, that by the end, you know, that that experience is going to be that they, all they have to do is, is sit back and enjoy it or lean forward and enjoy it, hopefully. And when you can do that, you can do anything. Like uh, R.L. Stein talks about how when he uh, was writing his Goosebumps series, no kids die, like yeah. everyone makes it to the end. And, uh, and, and once you know that, once you have those constraints and people know, all right, like this is going to get bad, it's going to get like scary, yeah, for sure. but no one is going to be seriously harmed by the end of this book. It allows people to have a better time. And actually for me, it allows better creativity. There's nothing for me that's worse than reading a book like Infinite Jest, where like you just have no idea what's going on and every page you're like, wait, what, what, who is happening? Like, where are we now? <laughs> and you're sort of unmoored from time and space. So if you can, but when I'm, when I know I start a book and I'm like, all right, I know what I'm going to get, or I know what I think I'm going to get. And then they deliver either what they, what I need or what I want by the end, then I can enjoy that experience quite a bit more. Dude, that's awesome. You said a phrase in there and I have a canvas in my office, you know, where the studio is and it says structure creates freedom, you know, and you said something very similar in that structure breeds creativity. And I, I love that because when you have a template that you can follow, you know, I, I love this too, man. Cause even when I speak on stage, you know, I can relate a lot to what you're saying with what I do, you know, from being an author and then going to a speaker. When I speak on stage, man, I can't go word for word. And I try to think of like coming up with something creative to say in a certain spot and it just never works out well for me. But if I have bullet points, which is just that template, that structure, then I can be creative and have freedom with inside those bullet points. I think that's an amazing thing, man, because I've seen these before and I, I I'm never going to, I shouldn't say never because you never really know. <laughs> I don't think I'm going to ever write a, a fiction book. You know, I've written a nonfiction. I'm sure I'm going to write plenty more nonfiction books. But from a fiction perspective, you know, trying to come up with an entire world. I mean, my sons have amazing imaginations, right? And they come up with these things all the time. But in order to get that across to people in something they're used to reading, because most books have a structure, most music has a structure too, like verse, chorus, verse, chorus, bridge, bridge, chorus chorus and then the song's done right we're talking Mm. about Nickelback again but that's what people are used to hearing and there's a reason for that because other people have toned that structure over a period of time and when you're just starting out and whatever it is I dude I love your perspective because that structure is going to help you accomplish things faster accomplish things faster and also understand the rules so that you can break them because the real the real masters, what they are doing is they're not going chorus, bridge, chorus. They're going chorus, chorus, bridge. They're, they're switching yeah, things yeah. ever so slightly, but they know the exact right time to 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 stay on 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 measure and the exact time to switch everything up. 
And, sure. you know, I, I listened to a lot of uh, the, the, the moment with Brian Koppelman. He has a lot of artists on and, and they know like what the hit's going to like. They know what's yeah. going to be the single or what they think yep. is going to be the single. And they're like, OK, this is my single song. And they know that that's going to have to be much more mainstream. And then they yeah. know like this is the one that I, I think is going to be the most loved song. It's, sometimes it's the same. Sometimes it's not the same. But being yeah, able sure. to go into a project knowing okay, this is the hit. This is the one that's going to be the hit. This right is on. the one that like I'm doing for me. This is the genre that I'm building from scratch, like all of yeah. these things. So I had a big problem last year where I was doing a lot of launches and they were not going well. Um, like I, my usual launch is somewhere between 10 and $30,000. And these launches were like 200 to $300. Oh, so like geez. way yeah. worse than anything I'd fun. ever done before. <laughs> And yeah. so I was really depressed and like to the point of suicidal around this time last year. And I really had to step back and be like, I am expecting too much. Like I am not understanding that like these were new brand new. This was novels. I, you know, I, I had, even yeah. though I've written a lot of novels. I haven't done a big push for novels ever. Like I, I've, I've, this has been a thing that I do while I write comics and nonfiction. And so I was, I was, but I was, I was expecting the same thing for my novels as I was for my comics, which was not fair. Yeah, I, and yeah. it's because I had, I did not sit back and say, okay, these are the things that are not going to go well, or like they're not going to go as well. Yeah, so they sure. have, they're over here and these are my expectations for them. And then these, this is my anthology and like, this is going to be the big banger and like this better make me a lot of money because it's been successful. And then this yep. is my comic book series that is also very successful and, and I, I can have different expectations for them. But when you're dealing with creativity or launching or speaking on stage or whatever else, like I speak on stage a lot too. And I know that if I'm going to speak on stage and I deliver my how to build a rabid how to, how to build a rabid fan base slash how to build an audience from scratch depending sure. on the fan like that is the money maker like that is the course that sells the best that is the that is the 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 um the the talk that I can pitch anywhere and then I have crowdfunding talks and I have like book talks and I have other ones that kind of I can slide in depending on the the audience yeah or I can I was just doing this yesterday I was on the phone with someone who wanted to be do a course for them. And I said, well, here's the one that like, I think here's two ideas that like you don't have yet uh, yeah, in your yeah. courses. And one of them was crowdfunding. It's like, I'm going to tell you for your audience, like the, the, the book people, um, crowdfunding is the worst attended one that I ever do with comics book people. It's completely different, <laughs> yeah. but I knew that like, that was one that I've never had success with within yeah. the book market. I was like, now, there's a reason you don't have a crowdfunding one on your site already because like, it's just not a thing that people really care about in novels, no matter yeah, how much I yeah. try and tell them that it's a great part of this. Um, now I can do how to make a novel, but you clearly have 5,000 other things about how to write a novel. Yep. And so we kind of determined like that social media was one. It's this, I have one about like how to dominate social media in under an hour a week. And it's one I just was going to roll out this year. Um, so it's like new and I don't know it that well, but it was the sort of perfect bridge between like just my, my, my normal, how to build an audience and like, and, and the, uh, and the crowdfunding one is this like social media one was just, was the perfect one yeah. for them. And so knowing the expectations of your work, whether it's fiction or nonfiction or speaking or whatever it is, and, and having those bangers that'll always make you money and then having the ones that are kind of like, here's when I can slide in over here, like if it ever comes up and like, here's when I can sell to this audience is a, is a really important skill that I don't think that, that entrepreneurs, artists, or, or anybody really thinks about nearly enough. 
I feel you, man. I feel you. It's interesting because I know that you had, you're talking about a lot of, I mean, that was like a, a fire hose worth of information just right there. Is it, you know, crowdfunding, you said nobody ever attends that, right? Because it, for the most part, I'm curious, man, why is that? Because crowdfunding is a big push right now. Is it, is it the audience that you're normally in because it's mostly authors you're speaking to? Yeah. So with comic books, I, that, that crowdfunding one kills. Like every time I do it for, for, for comic yeah. book people or film people, it, it, it obliterates. Like it's like our, our most the second most popular one. Yeah. It's specifically authors where it's just not a part of the matrix. So what's the hang up there? Because I, I know from my experience, you know, in writing the book that I did, I didn't write the book to make money off the book. You know, I, I, nonfiction in that world, a lot of it's just more so for like a credibility piece, you know, because that, that's what actually started my TV experience too. And why everybody across the nation would start taking me on TV because my book was about ethics, you know, true stories. And then it became a bestseller and everybody wanted to talk to me about my book because now it was a credibility piece. If I wanted to go on TV, I can, that's nonfiction. You know, you're not really going to go on TV for a fiction piece. So you're, you're in it to make money off the books, obviously, you know, to, to make money off the copies. So do you think that that's the difference that is that crowd that you're talking to or that audience from a crowdfunding perspective, are they looking more nonfiction versus fiction? No. So, uh, so every, every, I work in a lot of industries and I have found that every industry has a stack of like marketing and, and best practices that like everybody knows. And usually to have success, you have to go outside of those best practices and like, you have to follow them, but also like be able to pull in things from other industries. And so yeah. the stack of, of like best practices in authorship does not include crowdfunding. It just, that's not a thing that they like, there's Amazon <laughs> ads and there's Facebook ads and there's yeah, like doing rapid the, yep. releasing. There's just yeah. a, a list of things that like they know what quote unquote works. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, and so, uh, with film or with comics or with tech, uh, independent tech, a lot of the time, like crowdfunding is a, a piece of it. Like you're just like, yep. if you're going to make a board game, you are going to go to crowdfunding. It's just like, yeah. that's what you do. Yeah. Um, and, and, uh, and it's interesting because when I talk to comics about some of the things that book people do, it's the same reaction like huh. the rapid releasing and all of these other things that like book people do that comics people don't do. It like blows their mind that like they could do this other thing. And so I think it works with any industry and with, with authors, it's just, it's not a thing that like has ever been ingrained with them that they could go to crowdfunding. Um, and so they Dude, don't. I don't see why not. I mean, is there also this thing? Cause I can maybe see authors, right? Cause there's like the, there's the American dream as an author. There's the American dream as a musician, you know, it's like almost someday at some point, someone is just going to magically discover you and like open the gates to the kingdom and be like, I'm going to be your publisher and you're going to make millions of dollars, or I'm going to be your producer, your manager, you're going to make millions of dollars in music. You're going to travel the world. You're going to tour. You're going to go on stage. You're going to do book signings, you know, in Barnes and Noble and all these other places. I feel like there's that general concept, whether it be music or being an author, that that's just the way it freaking works, but it's never been the way that works. For the most part, you kind of, have to know somebody no matter what in either industry whether it be a publisher or whatever it is or a, a producer you know a record company an a and r person within a record company there's a lot of parallels here because they're both creative industries right it, it's always 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 hard work and putting in the time and going into it dude american idol makes great for tv ratings i don't think there's one for authors right but it's so far from the truth as far as how you actually make it as a musician i'm sure that's so far because do you uh, experience that in, in audiences you speak to that they're just expecting a publisher to come and give them a book deal at some point in so, time? Like yes. So that is one thing that is pernicious about um, the publishing industry. And again, I had to break this up between comics and novels because sure. they're two very different industries. Um, in comics, self-publishing is not only a rite of passage. Uh, sorry, it's not only like an expectation, but it's a rite of passage. Almost every single big name person that I can think of has self-published in their, in their life in comics. So like comics, you got to put in the work and you have to start on your own and just get your crap out there and market yourself then. Right. And, but for, for comp, for novels, it's that's not the same. That's just not the expectation. The expectation yeah. is there's really two tracks in novels. So one of them is 
traditional publishing, like I want to get a book deal from HarperCollins, and the other one yeah. is self-publishing. But then in self-publishing, there's also the excited self-publishers who like want to self-publish. And then there's the, I don't want to say reluctant, but I'm going to say reluctant self-publishers who yeah. like have no other choice. They've just like tried for 10 years to get a publishing yeah. deal. And they're like, well, I guess I'm just going to self-publish. And so there is this idea, especially when you're starting that like you are going to get a publishing deal and that if you self-publish, it will be proof. It will be proof that you are a failure. And yeah. <laughs> a lot of those people would rather take no money to traditionally publish than yeah. to make money self-publishing. They would just, like, there is this idea that they would rather, like, just be broke or lose all their money or, like, just they just don't want to deal with self-publishing. Yeah. And in yeah. music as well, but also with, with, uh, with comics and with film, there's just not that, there's not that thing. Like, I've yeah. never met a filmmaker who looks down on an independent filmmaker. I've yeah, never right met a musician who looks down on like an independent author, uh, independent recording artist. Yeah. Like there may be recording artists that they go, that particular artist is like not good, but yep. they're not looking down on the whole industry. In fact, oftentimes they're the, like the independent artists are the ones that mainstream artists are lauding. They're like, this is like, I got my inspiration from these really weird, obscure artists yeah, right over on. here. Right on, man. I, I love that too, because uh, you're right. The people that are in the industry never look down on the others that are just trying to make their own way. And uh, you know, well, I, in, I always... publish, in those two, in, in, in traditional publishing, yeah. that is not the case. Like they actually do look down their nose at independent authors. <laughs> of in course publishing. they do. Well, that's their moneymaker, right? And there's this fallacy too, because I know, you know, every, of course, when you're an author too, you want to be a New York Times bestselling author, right? And that list is so freaking rigged to begin with, you first have to pay to be on that. I know people who have sold a half a million copies of their books and were clearly a best-selling author of the year from a revenue perspective, but still never made the stupid list, even though it was submitted to the New York Times. You know, just because they pick and choose, you know, it's a curated list. And then you see in the fine print that it pretty much reads, we're going to put on this list who we want to. You know, not who legitimately has the numbers, but it's who we determine wants to. And it's always a pay for play when it comes to something like that. You know, that, that's almost the same with speaking too, or, or musicians or whatever. You always have to work your way, man. And it costs money to do this stuff. So when you're trying to climb the ladder, start, I, I love it because starting at the bottom on your own, you start to get to know the industry, whether it's music, whether it's being an author, you know, publishing, whatever it is, you start to know the industry and make friends within the industry. And then you start to see how it works. Government's the same way, dude. Politics, absolutely. You know, you have to just get a lay of the land first, but putting in the work is what most don't want to do. They think they're going to have a good idea, and then all of a sudden, someone's going to just come down and pluck them up, you know, take them out of the matrix of the common authors or the common musicians and bring them up to the penthouse suite, you know, with Capitol Records or something like that. Yeah, I, but if we're being honest, like, I love that because that is what's a that is what allows me to give all of my information away for free without any <laughs> fear that I'm like going to be yep. so, that I'm going to be eclipsed because I know factually that like yeah. one in a thousand people will take that that advice yep. and and they'll probably take one piece of that advice and they'll probably implement it the wrong way and, and or like and then I'll be ahead of them when I'm like learning the next thing because like how my how the my complete creative site works is. I, whenever I learn something, I'm like, I'm putting yeah, it on my site, either yeah. as a course or on a blog post or as, as, a, as, a, as a podcast episode or something like that. Yeah. But, you know, I've been doing this for since 2007. And I can count on one hand how many people have actually implemented the thing that I'm, that I'm doing in the way that I tell them to implement it and with the veracity that I tell them to implement because <laughs> that's the other thing is oh, dude, people is will crazy. not people will apply it but yeah. they will be lazy about it they will do so lazily they will do so like without thought they yeah. will do so carelessly like they will not do it correctly or yeah. in the right order they'll try and skip step one and two just to get to step four like there's all these things that allow me to like very confidently put every piece of information up and give all of my information away for free because like I know that the 
99.9% of people will not implement it. And I mm-hmm. also know that from in my own experience when as an author, you yeah, know, yeah. one of two people has a book in them, has a book in them. Say they want to be an author, they have a book yeah. in them. You know, of those, maybe one in 60 actually write a book. Of those, one in like 100 write like a second book. And so like you start seeing just doing the work over yeah. and over and over again and showing up is like... of it. Like if you can just show up in the right circles and put out amazing work that like blows people away, which neither of them are easy. Like neither of those things are easy. But if you can just do those two things, like you pretty much have a career. Yeah. Right on. Showing up in consistency is always the case, man, no matter what industry you're in. I mean, even in freaking cybersecurity, like my, my company that I have, uh, it's, it's always the discipline and the consistency that my team has with clients is what puts us above the rest. It's why we can charge so much more. It's why we're successful. Why we do multiple millions is because of that consistency. We don't skip steps. No matter what client it is, we never skip steps. We don't try to jump ahead just to get the dollar and then have to clean up the mess behind us. And it's every single time. And it's, it's hard to find people too, for that reason, because a lot of them don't have the discipline and consistency that it takes. And that's why you just like hit the nail on the head with any coach in any industry, right? Because you do all of your own steps. You know, for, for the most part, I'm sure there might be times and if we're being real, cause same here, dude, I'm a coach. I'll, I'll miss one of my own steps sometimes. And it, because I always want to try to get ahead, but then I realize, like, well, that didn't work. Let's go back and do them in order because I'm the one that wrote the freaking book. I, I know right. what I'm doing when it comes to this, but I'm going to give away everything for free too. So when I talk to my people, I'm like, tell everybody what we're doing. Even if there's like an incumbent in the cyber cybersecurity scenario, you know, even if there's an incumbent and we're going in and try to displace them, tell them everything we're going to do because there's no way that they're going to do all 27 steps because most people are lazy. That's just the straight truth is that most people will not follow the steps. They'll try to skip ahead and cut corners, but that does not make it successful. Oh, absolutely. I mean, this is one, this is like, there's a whole coaching industry based upon how do you skip all of the steps and- Oh God, yeah. I, I, I know I, it isn't I, the basis of it, but I just hate the novel be, or the book because of that, the four hour work week. You know, come on. You know, it, it's, it's always the people that put in more hours and put in more work. You can be more efficient in what you're doing, but it's still the drive that they're referencing. You know, it, you don't try to work four hours just so you can take off another 40. That's right. not like, I really like the four hour work week because it shows me how to do 40 hours of work in four. And then I just do five, five weeks of work in one week. And like, exactly. so that's you're talking the, the efficiency, you're applying it correctly, but people see the title on that book, dude. And they're like, Oh, I only have to work four hours. You know, right. I don't have to do the rest of it. And I know that's not the, I've read it. It's actually a really good book. It's talking about efficiency and condensing things so you can accomplish more than other people. Right. It's not about taking 90% of your time off every week so you can go sit on the beach or something like that. It's always those, like you say, those who show up are the ones that are going to win. Yeah, I mean, I have a, I have a very bougie grievance because like we have been trying to, ha- to find a landscaper to landscape our yard and just come. Just like, we literally don't care if it's done well. Yeah. We just want it done <laughs> yeah, consistently. Right and like, we literally- <laughs> Same day, same time. <laughs> yeah, just like not even like within a week. Like, yeah. we don't even care if it's the same time. We're just like, just come like every other week and we'll yep. give you a seven day grace. And we literally have gone through like 15 gardeners in one year. And like, we just started doing it ourselves because we're like, this is crazy. Yeah, I'm spending yeah. more time looking for a person that actually just like, if I did it myself once a month or once every two weeks, like it's literally like an hour or two hours every month as somebody will not come. That's and crazy. then I'm like, and, and then the, the grass gets so, so it's a very bougie thing, but we have found. Dude, I don't know like, if that's bougie. I think that's just expecting like, Real no, I mean, because business, it's like right? a lawn, because it's like a gardener. It's, like, a long, it's, a very yeah. like, <laughs> it's like a very like first world problem grievance, but it goes to everything. Like it does. Yeah. It, it, yeah. Like it, it is indicative of that thing. And like just doing things well. So here's how I generally go into any business yeah. venture. And I've done a bunch now. I own a Verizon dealership. I, I have a training academy, marketing agency, publishing company, and, um, you know, even my podcast, my goal is to like live in that world 
just for, I don't know, like a year, six months, yeah, a year, yeah. maybe two, without just, just like listening and like taking courses and like doing whatever that thing is. And, uh, and, uh, and, and, and fake, just hearing like what I don't like about it and like what yeah. they do wrong. And then my, my answer is like, well, here's my list of like 50 things or 20 things or 10 grievances. And I'm like, what if I just took this really cool model that like these, these people are implementing and just like did it not shitty. Like I just yeah. did it well. I just <laughs> yep. did it like like in a way that was like best in class. Oh my because God, almost everyone like <laughs> you're like you're like list ten things and like someone will do three of them well and then some of them will do like four of them well. And you're like, wow, you're like the best in your industry and like you can't even do these ten things yeah. all of them well. So like what if I just did all ten of these well? And like when someone came in they like they, 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 they paid and then they were onboarded properly. And then like, whatever the thing is, like we were just, we, we communicated and we, and, and we, and we like did the marketing service that they wanted. And then we delivered the thing like at the time uh, in the correct amount. And like, then they got the thing and then they could not be forced to come back, but want to come back. And same thing with books. It's like, wow, these books are all printed crappily. What if I just like printed these books like really, really yeah, nicely? Yeah. And all in every industry, like I can, I can, I can, I, I didn't realize this until like I was probably about five years into business. But then I started looking and being like, oh, this is like the, my, my process is just like, kind of want to start a podcast. Like, let's just go and do a hundred podcast interviews yeah, and yeah. see how it goes. And like, oh, I really like what all of these people are doing. And I don't like what these people are doing. And like, these are the things I like and these are the things I don't like. And now like, let's just try and do all of these things. And it doesn't take that long usually to do all of the best things. It's just, they either, the other people in the industry either don't understand what the whole industry is doing, yeah, or they yeah. just got lazy on one of the practices. But regardless, like just by going through living in a world and then asking other people in that world, what do you really like and dislike about these three major competitors and yep. just making a list and then yeah. doing all of the things on that list, you end up like being able to make a best in class service by really just listening, showing up and doing the the, the like like the the minimum of work in each step of the process dude that's amazing i think that you know we've got a segment called the one thing i think that was it i i i was dying on the inside when you said this it's like what if i did exactly what they were doing but not shitty <laughs> that's <laughs> that's beautiful it's the it's the most beautiful phrase i've heard in a long time for real because it showing up is so important, man. And I appreciate your, your perspective on that too. No wonder you're a successful author, you know, because you're even coming down to remember when I self published my book, man, I was looking at all the different options, you know, cause you know, Amazon does print on demand, you know, and they, they actually do an okay product, you know, but I was looking at some other PODs and looking even at the thickness, the weight of the paper that they use, you know, and I got some samples printed and one came and it was like, you know, 18 pounds, stupid thin paper or some crap like that, almost like newspaper. And I hold, held the thing up and I can see through the sheet of paper in the middle of the book. And the thing just feels cheap and the colors are not vibrant on the, on the cover. Like, well, there's no way I can go with this just because I have standards. And if this is what everybody else is doing, why would I want to do what everybody else is doing? You know, or I might do what they're doing, but I just want to do it better. I just want to make it look like nobody else's. Right. Absolutely. I mean, that's why, like, I mean, if you look at, I mean, we're on a podcast. So like, just look at like the, the newest podcasts that like come up and just their logo, like the logo that yeah. they use, the, the 300 by 300 like logo is so like gross usually yes. that like, I'm like, that cuts me out <laughs> immediately. Yeah, and then yeah. they're like recording on a, on a phone and I'm, I'm sitting here going like a mic and a, 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 an arm and a pop yeah. filter is like yeah. less than $150. It's like, you're telling me that like, you're not willing to put $150 into your like business that right you're on. trying to grow and you're trying to then convince people to listen to your show. And, yep. and you know, you're not doing research on your guests and like you're, you, you haven't, pro you haven't practiced like 
your voice yeah and like yeah. you don't even know that like audacity is free or like whatever the <laughs> other pieces are like you don't even know the pieces and yep. you then expect me to listen to your show and i know what it is you're saying well it's free and it's like yes but like my time is the only thing i can never get back so yeah, i'm right always on. looking at and look i mean i i stammer on my show because I just stammer. That's how I do in real life. And, and I, I, I decided a long time ago, I'm not going to try and cut that out. Um, but I, I, I like, I'm always trying to figure out, okay, what can I do? So someone can't say no. And then how can I already know the industry so well that when you come to me, I already have pre filled your objections like i already know the most common objections that you're going to get this sounds bad like the post isn't prepared like the 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 uh, the logo looks crappy like the guests aren't engaged like the questions aren't like i already know all of the answers and i just want you to say wow this is a thing about like building a creative business i really want that and mindlessly mindlessly not in the like you're stupid, but mindless in the, I have checked every box. So like, you don't have to think about subscribing or what you get every week. Yeah, right on, man. You then are like, wow, like I can just come in this show and like it's it's sliding in smooth. And every time someone comes to me or has an objection or or about our books, I always know what those objections are. I always know what they're going to say. Indie books are crap. They're not printed well. The, 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 the stories aren't finished. The writing's not good. The art's not good. The, the creator just abandons stuff and never shows and that never like finishes it. Like there's all these standard objections. They're not hard to learn. It just takes being in that industry and like really shutting up and letting other people just literally tell you. Because if you ask somebody, they will tell you. They will right tell on, you in such excruciating <laughs> detail that you will yeah. that you will tell them to stop. Dude, that's awesome. I love that, dude. We're we're hitting so many different things, and I mean, it's like I know there's things you like to talk about. I think we've hit almost all of them, right? What I would love to do is can you. I know you say you give away all your information for free because I know there's a lot of my audience that want to write a book, whether it's fiction or nonfiction. We talked about starting with the templates, you know, what's the, what's the next phase? Do you have, you know, like five steps or something like that? Because I know you've raised over $170,000 on Kickstarter too. I'm assuming that has to do with books, right? Yeah. Yeah. They're all published. So I would say that if someone wants to write a fiction book, I literally have a five hour course about everything you need to know about writing a fiction book at thecompletecreative.com forward slash novel and it's absolutely free it's structure it's character it's dialogue it's it's formatting a book it's writing blurbs it's literally everything you need to know to get a book for free uh and uh, ready to print and ready to make money because the way that i make money is not just on books but it's in showing people how to go from having a finished book or a finished product and actually making money on it so um i do know the uh do you know the uh, 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 Kevin Kelly's Thousand True Fans concept? Oh, yeah. Yep. All right. So everything that I do is based upon, is, is basically dissecting that and how to actually get there without spending a whole lot of money. Because the, 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 the word that I hate the most in coaching is scale. It's not yeah. because I don't yeah. think that you can, that, that, that a company should try to scale. Yep. It's that it's become this thing where like scaling is going to save everything. And the truth, and then people put tens of thousands of dollars in scaling the wrong audience, <laughs> and then they and, and, and for the wrong product, and it's like it, it, you end up spending all of this, and then you're and then you're you're all in. You're like, oh crap! Yeah, like yeah. I just spent ten grand to like build yep. this hundred thousand person audience, and like they don't care about the thing that I do. So, <laughs> dude, before you scale, you have to build it first. You can't scale something that's not built. Absolutely. I was just on a phone on a phone call with a with a potential business partner uh, earlier this week, and I was like, my goal is to get the foundation so yeah. so rock solid that you could build a skyscraper as high as you want on. Yep. Right on. Um, 
So yeah, that, that's a that's a straight truth for a lot of people. Is that that uh, I'm with you. That word scale, it's fantastic, right? Because right now my cybersecurity firm is scaling. We are acquiring other businesses, and the reason why we can acquire other businesses and why banks want to finance this is because I'm taking businesses that don't know how to grow, don't know how to build, but they have revenue, but they're not very profitable right now. And because I have the foundation built, each one of these acquisitions is like another level on that skyscraper right. to where I know that I will inject my process, my procedures, those foundations that are solid because I've built it already. And now the acquisitions can come in and I just integrate them and slide them right into one of the floors on those skyscrapers. And instantly they're four times more profitable than what they were. Absolutely. You know, that's the straight truth, man. You have to build it before you can scale. Well, and there's another piece of this where a lot of companies just and people, especially creative people, like they are not interested in scale. Like the thing you just said that you do sounds horrifying to me. Like yeah. I don't want to acquire. Yeah. Like and, yeah. and, and, and in order to scale in the way that traditionally people talk about scaling, yeah. it usually requires doing a thing that like you don't necessarily want to do because a lot of a lot of creative people especially creative people but all people like the business wasn't meant to scale like yeah. there are plenty of people who just want to run their one pizza shop and yep, like they right. and and yeah. that one pizza shop will only ever be so profitable like the yep. only way to scale a pizza shop is to have like 10 or 20 or 30 pizza shops yeah. you can uh, so so not only are you are you like are are you making scale the answer the only answer but you're also saying if you want to actually make a business that works for you you yeah. have to do all of these things that you might not want to do for instance with authors the only real way to hit like seven figures as an author is to release 20 books a year or yeah, like become yeah. a publisher who publishes a lot of other stuff. And a lot of authors don't want to do that. What they want is like to make a decent living, like writing books and a yeah. normal time schedule. And they're okay making 50 grand or 60 grand or a hundred grand or like whatever that number is. Yeah, yeah. And so by making scale, the only thing that like actually, uh, that actually means anything in business, yeah. you're telling these people who like just want to have a, decent make a decent living that like they're wrong in fact i was on a podcast a couple of months ago and it was the only time i was i had an i had an antagonist antagonist antagonistic relationship on the <laughs> really? podcast well, and i told fun. them like uh i don't like the word scale and he's like yeah dude if you're not happy if you tell me that you're happy like making like low six figures a year like i'm gonna tell you you're wrong and i'm like i'm telling you like Oh, I yeah. get all the money. I have all the money I want. Like I do all the things that I want. Yep. I get to make yep. my weird books. I get to hang out with my wife whenever I want to. And like, I'm not willing to spend the 20 hours a day, like writing 50 more books a year For sure. or like taking on a bunch of other books or buying other catalogs to like do the thing necessary to scale. Yeah. And I would love it if people became uh, a, a, a more comfortable with just saying, I have a lifestyle business. Like I have a business that pays me like a good amount of money. Yeah, like, if, if you're not happy, like this is a different story. But like what I fear when I look through my newsfeed is like people are getting convinced that the nice company that they built, like that is working the way that they want to is like not good enough. And they need to be yeah. doing one-on-one -on -one services or adding coaching or adding all of this stuff. And like, uh, I, I don't, I like writing, so I don't do one-on-one -on -one services. And like, that's just the, like, I that's incongruent with the way that I, like, I make my money sure. writing and that's the thing I love. So doing, so when people are like, the only way to scale is to get these one-on-one -on -one services going or spend five days a week on webinars. So like you can sell your courses. I'm like, well, then like, I'm not going to be successful doing that. Cause yeah, like, I, was, sure. like I, I, I built the whole point of like the business by design is like, I designed the world that I want. And some people seemingly like yourself, like love the idea of like scale and building companies and acquisition. And like, it like, it like, it like feeds you. And that's wonderful. I, I, I always say like, that's like Stephen King or like Michael Bay or like yeah, Michael yeah. Bay has like mainstream taste. And like, he just seemed to get to the market. He's like, Hey, this is my taste and I'm going to be, I'm going to make a multi, multi, multi-millionaire because my taste and the market line up just like yep. your taste and scale line up. But if you just want to have like a weird independent career that like does the thing that you do yeah, and like, yeah. 
and like you still need to find more audience members and like you still need to be building your mailing list and all of that stuff but like you need to understand even if you scale the seven figures like a hundred thousand people on your mailing list you're still only going to be so successful and if that's okay with you then like my my job is to then show you how to find the audience for that thing that you love so that you're not wasting your time and money scaling when you actually go to build that mailing list you have a product and an audience that will buy from you and that you can know over time has a repeatable process to go from not knowing you to loving your work and that is sort of the thing that i do for people that i charge not not free. I charge a lot yeah, of money for that. That's part. good. That's good, man. I love your comparison too to the pizza shop because in order, you know, your example of how to scale a pizza shop, you know, to where the only way to do that is to go multi-location. End of story. That's it. But when you do that, the dude that started the pizza shop that says, hey, I got this amazing dough recipe or, you know, I got my own special sauce that I put on the pizza. Nobody else uses three different kinds of tomatoes. They only use two, whatever. You know, they have to at that point stop flipping the dough in the back and they have to cross over to the dark side is what i call it and start just looking at the business aspect of it you know how can i make this pizza shop consistent back to our consistency conversation but how do i make the dough consistent across all 30 locations because if this is rick's pizza over here this is russell's pizza over here how is it going to be the same russell's pizza across 30 different locations. That's the thought that they have to think of now because there's no way that that one person, there's no way Rick or Russell can be in all the different kitchens, all the different bakeries right. of those pizza shops. Well, and oftentimes what, you, what happens, we'll go continue the pizza example, is like there is a finite amount of heirloom tomatoes. Yes. And like you can make one location of this specific kind of heirloom tomato with the thing, like it's, and it's gonna be beautiful. But like when you have 30 locations, there's just not enough heirloom tomatoes to like feed all of these locations. So yeah. you start having to change like the, the thing I love about like true entrepreneurs, like the ones who like, who like look at the 30 pizza places and like that is the thing that like gets them like excited. Like yeah, I, yeah. I want to is it's a very different person than the person who's who's made this great reputation like making this authentic artisanal pizza they're two yeah. very different people they talk about this all the time in entrepreneurship there's the one who like there's the on there's the ceo who like can put his heart his, his like hands into a beating heart and like yeah. literally just get this like with his hands like keep yeah. a company going and like literally yep. breathes life into it <laughs> and usually that person can get you to six maybe low seven figures but then yeah. there's another person who, who has to take it and like make it a company and then there's another one who takes it from like 10 million to 100 million and then yeah. another one takes it from 100 million to a billion like there's just they're different skill sets and there's different things yeah. that you love and there's nothing wrong with being that person who just wants to make your one pizza and like flip For the sure. dough and yeah. like you can still make that profitable like maybe you have to maybe because your pizza is artisanal you have to charge more or like yeah. you have to like do more strategic partnerships with places or you have to do there's all sorts of ways to make that as profitable as possible but you can't compare yourself like you said with that guy who's got 30 locations because he has 30 times the ability to make money as you yeah, for sure, man. That's that's awesome, dude. <laughs> dude, what was that site you taught you said again? Can you give that? Because I mean, we're we're running close to time here, but I, I want everybody to be able to go and get your course. Because it, sure. It's so uh, if you wanted the novel course, you can go to thecompletecreative.com forward slash novel, and then I also have uh, one at thecompletecreative forward slash audience, which gives you a sort of overview in less than twenty minutes about sort of how to build an audience from scratch. And then the whole Complete Creative website has over 400 blog posts. It has uh, free courses, paid courses, and a whole lot more to sort of get your career uh, started. And then I also have, if you go to the Complete Creative site and then you go to the learn section, a way to do private consulting with me as well. Dude, that's amazing, man. I appreciate your perspective of it on everything because you're, you're very, very successful in what you've done. And I, I love that you, you're consistent at it. You know, because you said it takes about two years, just to end with this, man, it takes about two years for you to create a world, right? And then that world, I'm sure, produces a few novels out of that, correct? 
Well, so when I think of a project that I'm taking on, I've just been thinking about this a lot today. Yeah. I think, am I willing to live in this world for 10 years? And that wow. includes create like the complete creative started and has gone it been iterating since 2007 a lot of my most popular books have been five or ten years the Ichabod Jones yeah. monster hunter you see behind me is a 10 I started that in 2010 so I really have to think am I willing to live in this world for 10 yeah. years and yeah. that's usually interestingly what they say about business like it's going to take like when you start a business you've got to be willing to like fight for it for 10 years. And, yeah. and, and, and so it's not much different in that respect, oddly, weirdly, now that I'm thinking about it. Uh, but yeah, I, I, I always think now, like, am I willing to live with this for 10 years? And if I am willing to live with something for 10 years, I mean, that's very few things, right? Like there's very yep. few things that yep. I'm willing to do for 10 years. That is when I say, all right, so let us build the structure out of this universe. And it takes a year, two years usually. It's not full-time work because I'm doing other projects, but yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm, I then come back and I'll think about it for like a, a week. And then I'll like go off and do something else. And then like I'll jot notes down or like maybe I'm, I'm, I'm researching another project and I'm like, oh, that'll be really good for this new project. So I just have folders of like inspiration and stuff and, and, and notebooks full of this thing. And usually about a year or two years into that, I have enough, I have enough of a, a grasp on the world and that like it's rich enough to support 10 years of projects and 10 years of projects might be four graphic novels. It might be 20 books. It might be, but I want to make sure that I'm building the structure underneath it that will allow me to enjoy it for the next decade and allow me to keep going back to it without being like, oh, I really wrote myself into a corner saying that, huh? <laughs> that's, a, that's a long period of time, man. But that's the commitment that you have to make, you know, whether it's a business or whether it's living in a world, man, that's pretty solid. Uh, that's awesome, brother. You're amazing, man. Thanks for being on today. I'm grateful you for to having have you. Me. Yeah, I, I love your perspective on things. And I love the creative aspect of it too. Even though I've got this whole cyber tech side of me, right? I've been a musician for, you know, 20 something years too. Semi-pro during a 15 year period. So it's, I get that side. I love comparing the, the two industries. It's similar on the creative aspect. Yeah, they're very, very similar. And I, I find that I often have more in, in, in common with other creative, with other yeah. entrepreneurs that are, that are like, running businesses than I do with other authors because like <laughs> the, 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 the people on the same level as me on this side, yeah. like understand things in a way yep, that like yep. someone who's just starting as an author just doesn't understand. And right you, when you do, when you're in enough verticals, you start seeing, Oh, this is kind of the same. Yeah. I just have to twist this one thing to make this work. Yep. That's awesome, man. Well, thanks again for being on brother. I appreciate you. Thanks for having me. Hey, thanks for going all in with me today. Subscribe to the show so you get the new episodes when they come out. Rate and review the show if you're listening on iTunes. Follow me on social media at Mr. Rick Jordan. As always, you can find links and references to anything we've talked about in this episode in the show notes. And finally, share this episode with someone who you think might be able to level up their life by listening. I am Rick Jordan and I approve this message.